nervous? <laughs> no. Where's your answer? Dennis Beckham, let the ball out! Dennis Beckham! Dennis Beckham! Dennis Beckham! Dennis Beckham! Oh! oh no! Oh yes! He missed it! Hey y'all, Devin here. Welcome to the Suffering From Joy podcast, where the only thing more harrowing than your team being behind is when they're ahead. We're here tonight to talk about Minnesota United's 2-1 victory over Austin FC. With me as always is Riley. Hello! Riley, a little bit of a tough one tonight. How you feeling? I am feeling incredibly disappointed. So let's get a little bit into the game. Anything you want to cover off the top? My big first impression is that we really need to work on our passing accuracy. I know by the stats it says that our passing accuracy was significantly higher than Minnesota's. We completed over 200 more passes than they did, but I just am not seeing the results. We did not have nearly as many shots, and we had a third of the shots on target. Yeah, I know what you mean. We probably had more passes, but they were just kind of kicking around the back. Not quite our normal horseshoe of sadness, but it seemed like most of the the better chances were going to Minnesota. Uh, You want to move into our tweet size takes? My tweet size take is going to be that I really did not find this game either inspiring nor inspired. Kind of lackluster. Kind of bleh. Rain was bleh. The field was bleh. The play was bleh. Nobody was super bad. Nobody was super good. I I think the Simpsons have a term for this. Meh. 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 All right. Now that we got that, my tweet size take on this game is uh, get used to it. This is the first game in a long run that we had against uh, soon-to-be playoff teams. We're going to be into the playoffs soon, uh, and these are going to be the types of games we play. You're going to go up against teams that are going to have a lot more heft at the back than these guys were picking off two and three goal leads back from. You're going to have a lot fewer chances. Chances. We're not going to be able to spurn, you know, nine, ten chances a game. I think our non-penalty XG on this game is going to be well below one. We kind of had one, maybe two big chances, and we didn't bury either of them. Question, as we look forward to next week, do you think we have enough time to rest or enough spare people to take on LAFC? It kind of comes down to... How Wolf wants to play, I think Washington being injured today didn't help us at all. Even if he was available off the bench, I think that would have given us a little extra spark, a little difference in how we were attacking. The guys are tired, but at this point, you're professional athletes. You have almost a week to rest. I don't think we have any excuses here. Uh, I know player rotation's big on a lot of people's minds. Six days is plenty. It's been a long season, but if we're going to go deep in the playoffs, we got to keep going and we got to keep going harder. That moves us into biggest moment of suffering. Devin, what did you find the most sufferable part of this game? Oh, this one's easy. It's watching the slow motion replay of Julio Cascante dribble three or four times right before he gives the ball to Franco Fragapani for just an easy chip and dunk, and that's the game-winning goal and everything. We had been playing really well out of the back before then. Uh, everybody looked good. Julio especially was moving the ball great. Everybody had some confidence. was playing with a little swagger. On the back end, we felt confident. You know, they were getting some balls in, but nothing that was really like a big chance, and then all up in smoke right there, and then we had to watch it again in slow-mo, and you're just waiting. It's almost like a horror movie where somebody's shouting, he's right behind you! And nobody on the field apparently was doing that, so how about you, Riley? What was your biggest moment of suffering? I hate to quote Ted Lasso, but it is the hope that kills you, and that 91st minute set piece where no one was able to capitalize. It was popping up, coming down, popping up, coming down, and I kept thinking, this will be the moment it gets buried, and it never did. And then 
everything parts and there's Driussi and oh here we go another one big goal game tire and just not quite they got to it just before him do you think his ankle injury in the roughly 30th minute hurt him there do you think he was moving a little slow I definitely think he was moving a little slow I expected to see him come off early I didn't expect to see him play the full 90. I'm with you I wonder if we were ahead or if we were still drawing or anything like that if we already had points quote unquote in the bag or points to protect if he would have come off I would think so especially with the subs we made with Rodney coming on. It's hard to tell, but we'll talk a little bit more about subs later as we get into the game discussion. So we had a little thing we were going to talk about on the offense. We kind of touched on defense already. Talking about our horseshoe of sadness ratings, and you've come up with a one through eight scale. Yes, we did. Essentially, since there are going to be eight nails in your standard horseshoe, we've decided that it's a one through eight scale, one being an incredibly sad horseshoe of sadness. An eight is a non-existent horseshoe of sadness. Where's your uh, ranking for today? I don't think we were particularly threatening on the offensive side of the ball, but I don't think it was horseshoe of sadness. We weren't passing it around, waiting for somebody to step up and do something. Uh, Minnesota had more of the ball. We We didn't even really get into the final third much. And when we did, we were sending in crosses or losing the ball before we could play into a horseshoe. How about you? I put it at a three in that there definitely was a couple horseshoes. There was definitely some scrambling, some having to move the ball back and up and back and up and circling. Again, it wasn't particularly threatening, nor was it the most depressing horseshoe I've ever seen. No, I think we were a little more horseshoe in the second half and not a whole lot doing in the first. Uh, With that said, you want to get into it? Let's go. All right. I don't think anything happened in the first 10 minutes of this game other than some Minnesota players going down and looking a little hurt but carrying on and everybody kind of slip sliding all over. The uh, first 10 or so was kind of boring. Yeah, um, you know, not the worst thing for us to see the way we've been starting some games, but... I appreciate that it was uh, 14 minutes until Stuver had to hop into action. Uh, what happened on 14? My note says, thank you, Stuver, and I was curious on your feelings about Blue Stew. Blue Stew, I like. My favorite still Red Stew. Blue Stew, I think, is, has been solid. Somebody's going to look up the numbers and tell me that Blue Stew is our worst stew out there. We don't do statistics here. Okay, no, we don't. We do feelings. We don't believe in cold heart statistics here at Suffering From Joy, do we? We do not. Okay, so I'll stop talking about XG. Moving on, my next note's in the 23rd minute when uh, everybody's favorite number 13, Ethan Finley, for some reason decides to run over uh, Reynoso, Minnesota's best player, and uh, he's not threatening. There's guys between him and the goal, and Finley just comes in and lays a shoulder through him and no chance at the ball, no danger there, no reason to do it. Anything you see differently here? Exactly two minutes before that, a quote from you was, Ethan, if you had any speed at all, you'd be waiting for that ball, as Ethan missed a very nice pass that could have created an opportunity for us. Yeah, well, we we may notice a theme throughout this. Uh... Throughout the entire podcast, throughout today's show. Yeah, today and forevermore in the episodes played previously in our heads. Uh, they get the penalty, easy call. I don't even know if VAR checked it, if they needed to. Uh, Steve got a finger on it, but... No check needed. No, I think Stuber uh, did about as good as you could. He guessed right. He had a good dive. A a great penalty you're not going to save no matter who you are in goal. What'd you have next? Next one I have is the 27th minute when Jerusi went down clutching his ankle. Yeah, I think... Usually when he hits the ground, he's grabbing his knee. Ankle was a new one. Ankle was slightly concerning. Ankle is concerning, especially, and I'm sure everyone knows this. Guy goes down and somebody hit him. It's, okay, ow, that's going to hurt, but I'm probably fine in the next day or two as long as nothing's broken. Those non-contact injuries, especially when you're sliding and it's not a great surface and you see a guy's leg kind of moving in an unnatural way, your first thought is, oh no, oh no, what suffering are we going to go through here? 
but he popped up and uh, I think we touched on it a little bit. I don't think he was 100%, but he kind of played through it. You could definitely tell, at least in the first half, he was still struggling to even move and he misplayed a couple passes right after that. He certainly didn't look himself and he wasn't his normal perfection. Everything is uh, Driussi Dior. Yeah, and as the announcers kind of brought up, Driussi has seven yellow cards this season. So one more and he gets a $500 fine and suspension from his next match. At least he played it close enough to not pick that up today. That would have been nice since we're going on Friday and we need him for LAFC. 34th minute, there's a giant scramble in front of goal. Stuber kind of mishandles it. We somehow get the ball clear right after the Fragapani gets a ball at the top of the box. Pretty good chance. Pretty good whack at it. Misses the top corner by a couple inches. I think this is Nick Lima kind of not knowing where he is, gets lost, kind of ducks into the middle because he doesn't know where to go and finds himself and he leaves Fragapani open. We get through a nice save from Stuver in the 43rd minute and then storm our way down. Dumb play brings a handball down and an equalizer in the 46th minute. Yeah. Taking us into halftime. I, I love this play because Nicolima um, tries to lose this ball about three times, pushes it past a defender, gets towards the byline. The defender slides with his arm directly up in the air, which is a big no-no. It's an unnatural position. And to capitalize on top of that, he drops his arm into the ball. So he started in an unnatural position and dropped it in and could not have made it more obvious for the official. Unforced error. Unforced error. And uh, while we're on the subject, outside of something we'll talk about towards the end, I thought the officiating was pretty great tonight. No real big controversies, maybe a foul or two or a decision or so I disagreed with, but nothing really huge up until uh, we'll talk about the end. Yeah, there was not a single Ted Uncle to be seen. It's always good. Not a single Ted uncle. All right. Well, that takes us into halftime. Oh, we should mention Driussi, perfect penalty, sends the keeper the wrong way, no chance. Nice and easy. Nice little um, back heel flick to put the ball in the net the second time just to rub it in a little bit. Nice little flair there for the fans. So that takes us into halftime, and we decided we're going to play a little game, and we're each going to write down a, a thought or a prediction of what we think is kind of going on in the second half. So, Riley, why don't you tell me what your uh, Doseki swarm take and our thought is... These are going to go down about as well as a warm Dos Equis by the time we get to the end of the game. We are not at all sponsored by Dos Equis. Please don't sue us. My Dos Equis warm take. We're going to see how badly this aged from halftime to the end of the game. This was not our best game. Finley really needs to come off. Kippy needs to come on. Just get a little bit of energy up in here. Though, I did have one big question. Is Gabrielson even on the pitch at this point? Yeah, I. it's not always the worst thing for a defender to not be noticed, but I'm with you. I think he just sort of played the ball back to Cascante, didn't make a ton of interceptions. I didn't notice him kind of running guys down or sheltering guys out like he normally does. I think he's been been on a little bit of a decline and maybe he's overplayed a little bit uh at this point so i think that goes in with your point with kippy too well, let's get the good d guys some some rotation and kippy comes in and or i riot kippy scores and we riot and or and or i think you're right finley did come off so you got that one right i think that's a pretty good take so we're gonna call that a, a lukewarm take uh we'll call it the lukewarm tape because gabrielson popped up at the 45th minute so i see you there bud proving me wrong immediately there we go my Doseki swarm take is, and uh, this was funny for about up until the 93rd minute, uh, VAR will play a major part in the second half, which Oof. we'll uh, discuss in further detail when we get to the end of the game. So, uh, Riley, why don't you take us into the beginning of the second half, which was actually a little frenetic. Second half starts out, Gabrielson playing back, though, did you see Driussi off in the corner? It looked like he was down back of the play yeah i did i couldn't tell what happened there sometimes he goes down you know he thinks the guy clips him and this isn't super uncommon so he'll stay down to kind of draw the attention of the referee and try to get the foul but he got back up pretty quick didn't he 
Yeah, got back up just in time for Diego to get into a shoving match with Boxel. Uh, yeah, Diego's given up a little bit of height on Boxel, who is, I believe, in hockey we would call him a goon. Bit bigger than Diego, uh, by about a head. Yeah, uh, essentially they were go. The ball was going out, and Diego kind of kicked at it and accidentally, quote unquote, we'll call it accidentally, uh, made a little bit of contact with Boxel. But he's he's a big boy. He's a grown adult, and he he started shoving Diego around, and Diego wasn't taking any of that. Moving on after that, the next piece I have is the 50th minute. Driussi hits a volley off of a corner, goes high, not a real chance. Kind of one of these half chances, maybe something spectacular happens, but nothing we're really looking forward at. He didn't really settle the ball, just kind of popped it off too fast, too high, too hard. So (laughs) moving on, 57th minute, Diego got a nice little pick off. I don't love that Diego's having to be the one running it down, picking it off. At least we cleared it long enough to somewhat regroup yeah that's true and then i think that was right after right before cascante had a great close down they got the ball to the byline pulled it back put it out for a corner we kind of already touched on this uh up next for me is cascante doesn't hear the thunderous footsteps of franco fragapani nobody yells at him i guess or he didn't hear them fragapani just takes it off his foot one more touch i don't think he needed to chip stuver but the cute little dink over stuver uh any any further thoughts beyond what we covered julio needs to keep his head on a swivel keep your head up keep your head moving have some sort of awareness of what is around you yeah and i mean this isn't your normal play out of the back sometimes the ball's going to get taken from you thing you're a defender they're kind of pressing on you it's three four touches and the ball's got to be gone you got to know almost have a clock in your head at that point if somebody's not on you and you can't see them somebody's got to be yelling at him a lot of things had to go wrong here and that was a shame because up until that point cascate was my man of the match he was clearing balls. He was passing great. Uh, oh, Julio. This is kind of the, the scouting report when we got him is he's maybe good for bonehead move a match. And unfortunately, I think Adrian pointed this out on the broadcast and we've been saying it last year into this year. If you're a defender, you make one mental error. That's the game that can cost you. And you've got to be solid all the way through. Now, some days I'll take the boneheaded move being getting a bad yellow over letting in the ball. Yeah, I think on the uh, the scale of boneheaded moves, this one's about as bad as we're going to get. At least he stayed on the pitch, I guess, and didn't hack down Fragapani after he stole the ball. Although I'm not sure he was close enough, he could have been able to do that. Anything you had coming up next after that? Missed headers, Maxi on the grounds, and then we were kind enough to bring in some fresh legs. Some fresh legs, including Lord Rodney Redes. What'd you think of uh, Rodney tonight? Honestly, the minute after he came in, he just about proved us wrong. Between him and Gallagher, it looked like there might have been a good chance. We know Gallagher's worth. Rodney almost pulled something out. Yeah, I think for the first five, maybe ten minutes, Rodney looked pretty good. And then he had a, had a mistouch on the sideline. You could just see everything fall out of him. And I mean, he was still running hard. You're down a goal. You bring him on. You expect some offensive threat. And I think that's kind of been the major complaint since he's been here, is there's not that offensive threat. I think you were talking... Uh, we sent 68th minute, Driussi doesn't quite get on the end of a cross, they kind of half clear it, and Gallagher gets a great shot at goal, kind of similar to how he scored last week. Uh, they have a defender kind of step through and clear it, not quite off the line, but six-yard box-ish. I think that's fine in the back of the net if the defender doesn't get to it. can certainly hope. The only thing I'd like more is if we could finally see a teen wolf become a man. That would be nice. A man wolf or just a man? Either one. Either one? Okay. I would take anything at this point. Yeah, Teen Wolf is a little bit of my villain. The next kind of ensuing play, he kicks the ball around, gets a pass back, has a great look at, and uh, takes a shot. Another good block by Minnesota. The ball comes back out, recycles over to him. He takes one too many touches, and after that touch, he's got to know it's got to be a pass. He tries to shoot it. The ball comes out, 
and we end up with a giant break for Minnesota, and Diego just trucks all the way down the field. Actually plays some pretty solid D. Gets back to, to goal side of the man. The man tries to cut inside on him. He pokes the ball loose, and we escape again. I don't particularly love that it has to be Diego and Lima racing down back to save Stuve, especially since Lima just about pinged the ball off of Gallagher's arm and into the back of our own net. That's not the prettiest play we've ever made. No, I think outside of forcing the penalty, Lima did not have his best game, and he's been on a little bit of a downward trajectory. I, this is another thing. We need Hector back because we need we need some uh, pullback rest, I think, here. Did you have anything before uh, 77th minute with Reynoso? For the 77th minute, we brought Zan in. We bring Zan in. John. Been... John Kolmanik. <laughs> One day I'll learn how to pronounce his name. One day as we stare at his jersey. So 77th minute, they get a great cross. Uh, everybody falls asleep on our defensive end about 10 yards out. Reynoso, like, you give this to Drew, you see he scores it 10 out of 10 times. He just blares it over the bar. I have no idea how he doesn't even make the keeper make a save here, but Austin survives. <laughs> right after that, we get another little farcical breakout where we have one guy back, and it, it's Zan. John Kolmanek gets a yellow card that he probably shouldn't have had to chase down and follow the guy to get. He also probably didn't need to have that facial hair, but that's beyond the point. No, that's not the best look for him. But hey, we've all all been there, and it's we've all tried it out. Maybe not you. I haven't. No, not Can't your quite look. get it there. Okay. I'm with you. I think it's a yellow he has to take. He kind of gets unlucky because he's trying to basically kick the ball into Rosie and the other guy kind of just barely gets there before him. I think maybe if he goes down um, the referee's far enough away, he gets a foul there. Probably a good thing he stays up, just hauls the guy down, ball's going away from goal, a good yellow card. Keep the game in play. You know, Zan's not getting sent off and getting another yellow in the next 15 minutes, we hope. So I, I think that's a good play on his part. Did you have anything before kind of what you mentioned is your biggest moment of sadness? We brought Felipe in in about the 85th minute. We've been discussing that the bench was looking pretty thin for us being behind and not having many offensive players to bring in. Bring him in at the 85th minute. Pretty much immediately, Dreyusi gets into a full body collision. We just about lose it. Just about give up another one until... Brad just kind of bloops the ball out, and John has to clear it. We can't get anything. So many chances, so many opportunities, so many that pieces that could have or should have worked that we just could not get close enough to the goal. Yeah, and I think that was kind of the story of the night is we never really settled and got comfortable, and Minnesota bothered us just enough. There were never any great chances, a couple of half chances, like we said. We get into the kind of this free-for-all. Actually, before we do this, since we were talking about subs, do you find it a little odd we're not carrying both GK and Hoosen. I think we really should have had more offensive players in here. It's nice and all that we have Romania, we have Kippy, we have Valencia all sitting there on the bench. Having GT, having that, you know, big body run down would have been helpful. Yeah, and I mean, that's kind of why you have him, right? Is you have your normal game plan isn't working, and then you throw on Zan to ping in a bunch of crosses to him, and maybe he gets on the end of one or he'll hold the ball up and get somebody else involved or something. He's a he's a change of pace. He's a chaos agent. And I get Houston doesn't play exactly the same way as a routine. I would think if you're going to carry two center backs and, and all of this uh, kind of midfield depth and Rodney, you could at least take G-Tape. That's a story for another day and something for uh, Chris Bills to ask in the post game. So we kind of talked about that. There's a giant scrum in the box and the ball seems like it's going to angelically fall for Drew UC and the other guys just get there ahead of time. I think a fully healthy, not carrying a knock Drew UC gets there, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Then we get to the fun part, the VAR call at the end of the game. So a ball's played over the top to Gabrielson, who's kind of hanging up 
upfield still. Gabrielson hits it across to Felipe. Felipe kind of takes a shot at goal, hits the defender's hand, it looks like, and he's screaming his head off, which I'm sure even if it didn't hit the defender's hand, he would have been screaming his head off. And they call Gabrielson offside. Flag goes up, and we look at the replay, and I think he's half a step on pretty clearly. And so my question here is, can VAR go back and say, okay, now that we know he was onside, shouldn't we be able to look at the penalty call too? Or can we only VAR one thing? I know that's not true. They VAR multiple things to call off goals. Did they just not want to look at it? Did they decide he was actually offside? These are all questions we'll probably get answers to well after the recording of this podcast. At the end of the day, I think it's fair to say uh, Minnesota was the better team. We made one more mistake than they did, and they capitalized on it. Any other... uh, in-game thoughts you want to you want to lay on us seems like a comprehensive review of the game the standouts the stars as we move into their day or vacant where we pick our game mvp and we pick who we think might be a bit lacking all right riley who is Verde for you who is the game mvp I, I have to say Stuver. He got his hand out on a couple saves. Yes, we lost. Yes, we probably could have had a couple fewer in the back of our net, but it could have been worse. Yeah, not a ton of great choices tonight. Uh, he almost saves the penalty. Second goal, obviously not his fault. He makes a couple good saves. Maybe one cross he could have handled better, but I don't think he really did much wrong all night. Pretty good passing with the ball at his feet. Uh, he did not do that thing I hate where he ends up at the center line every time. They did try to chip him right at the end of the game. That's what gave us that last chance. Uh, That's a valid use of it. Yeah. Doing that in the first half is a little too risky for me. Yeah, 93rd minute chasing a goal might be a little more understandable, right? Yeah. Well, I went ahead and I took Emiliano Rigoni, who will be landing apparently at 11.30 uh, Sunday morning at Austin International Airport because, good Lord, we need winger depth. Ethan Finley, I know some people like him. I can't stand him. He's not offered anything. He kills more attacks than he ever, ever produces. Two games in a row, he's given up completely needless penalties. We need someone else in there. Maybe Ethan can come on for a break, sub, but I think as far as showing veteran leadership, which is kind of the big thing we brought him in for, he's been not great, at least, you know, the past few weeks. And that is why I have Ethan Finley listed as my vacant. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. Get used to it. Get used to it. Yeah. Thinking back, how many weeks in a row do you think we would have had him there? I think it would be at least three games. Okay. Last week was included, we'll say. For those of you listening at home, Riley and I both wear number 13, so we take this very personally. Incredibly personal. We'll talk about this a little bit more, I'm sure, as the season goes on, but if you're a slow winger and it takes you forever to make a decision, you're just holding up the entire team. I don't care if you're Ethan Finley. I don't care if you're anyone else. It's a type of player I don't have any time for. Riley, if you feel differently. He costs a lot more chances than he creates. Yeah. And I mean, even when he pops up and has the odd good moment, if you're going to give away a penalty, a dumb penalty, especially, I, I don't know why you're seeing the field. Do you think Wolf has to bench him regardless of who's available for next week? If we don't have Washington, if we don't have Rigoni, do you start Teen Wolf? Do you start Lord Redes? Do you stick with Finley? As much as I hate to say it, I think I'd say continue starting Ethan. Teen Wolf was getting starts and he wasn't really capitalizing on them. I'm not entirely sure that I think Rodney is ready to be a starter as he doesn't tend to close it very well. So I don't see why we'd give him 60 minutes. No, that's fair. It's not like Rodney's lighting it on fire or anything or has shown a great potential and flashes. I would actually do something a little different. I would bring in Hoosin and I would move Maxi out to the wing or something similar. Maybe you can throw Gallagher up on the wing and you bring in Zan. I think they, at least for a game to, to give Finley the, hey, stop giving up penalties message and i mean he's 32 he should know this 
and I'm sure he does know it. I, I think it's important for, for Wolf to send that message, which I guess moves into my vacant, which is Alex Ring. I don't think Ring was too much worse than anybody else on the field tonight. He's supposed to be the leader in the team. He was dogging it. He wasn't running plenty of times. He didn't have the greatest passing, but nobody did tonight. This is one of those instances where when everybody's kind of down, you're the leader. You've got to lead by example. You step up. You... But not so far up that you're offside. He kept being offside for some apparent reason. I thought he was a defender. Uh, defensive mid, but again, yeah, that's just a lazy thing, right? Like there are times I kind of understand, yeah, you're offside. I mean, if you're in an even playing like an attacking mid spot, get back. <laughs> There's not good reasons for you to be off there, Alex. But I, I kind of picked him, and it could have been any number of people. We could have picked Julio. There were no shortage of people who weren't exactly having their best game today. So I don't want to take that as a me singling ring out. He was kind of the one out of the people that we were talking about. Do you want to talk about your battle royale? My battle royale is a brief history. At one point, I might have vaguely threatened to Devin that I was going to try and fight Ted Uncle in a parking lot. He missed what should have been an obvious penalty. And that started a running joke. Who is Riley going to fight in a parking lot? This is These are not legally actionable threats. This is a joke. And honestly, this game, I really didn't have any sort of rage. My best guess is that if I had to fight someone in a parking lot, it'd probably be Fragapane. I don't know. Guy just bothers you. Just kind of bothers me. He kept being on the ground. He kept scoring. He had kind of a cheap penalty on Danny. Yeah, there are going to be weeks where you want to fight the entire team. That's why it's a battle royale. And this week it's no one. I thought this was a clean game. You know, like as much as I hate to say it, Minnesota didn't really like waste time egregiously or really at all. They weren't hacking people down. They weren't doing rotational fouling, really. It was just sort of like disturbing what we were doing. This is a game we lost for ourselves. The refs didn't have anything to do with it. It wasn't a particularly cheap game. It was us continuing to be unable to deliver. I think that's a good way to put it. While we're closing, do you have any words of wisdom, words of solace? Keep your head up, literally, figuratively, and <laughs> rest up for LAFC. Keep your head up and make sure on your uh, fourth dribble out of the back you hear the guy coming. I'm going to say something similar. It's a learning experience. It's one game. It happens. We're literally kind of one dumb move away from drawing this game and draw against kind of a team chasing us is as good as a win at this point. But I think that's all we're going to do here. Uh, Riley, anything else you want to cover before we get out of here? That's all for me. Well, once again, thanks for joining us. I'm Devin. I'm Riley. And thanks for suffering with us. Promise here for Austin Jarrett Stroud. It's Diego for goodness. He has written his name into Austin folklore. They just won't go away. Oh, he hits the upright again. That's impossible. The Bears' season's going to end on a double doink. Altino squares it. Dempsey's missed it. Donovan has it. From hope, there is glory.